This is episode number 239 with number one New York Times bestselling author, John Maxwell. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. on a book tour we're going on a book tour i'm going around the country what's up everyone welcome to this episode i'm very excited before i introduce our guest i want to give you a couple announcements the book is coming out in 15 days that's right 15 days of the day this episode is being released and i'm doing a book tour around the country I want you to go to lewishouse.com slash events to check it out. And if you are in the Los Angeles area, the New York City area, the Las Vegas area, uh, Indianapolis, Columbus, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, Denver, Colorado, Miami, Florida, Chicago, Illinois, Charlotte, North Carolina, Austin, Texas, San Diego. If you're in any of those cities, then go to lewishouse.com slash events and make sure to register ASAP because tickets are selling out, they're filling up, and you must RSVP to these events to make sure you get a ticket to go in because some of them have limited seating, limited books, all these different things. So go to lewishouse.com slash events because the book tour is happening very soon, and I want to see all of you at the events that I go to. I want to give you all a high five and a hug and just thank you so much for listening to the podcast and for buying copies of the book and all that you do to spread the message of greatness. So make sure to go to lewishouse.com slash events. Also, we are doing some incredible things. There's a big bonus page right now. I'm offering craziness. If you want to have me speak at your event, uh, you can buy a certain amount of books and I'm doing a number of speaking gigs next year for those that want me to speak at their event for books. I'm also doing a dinner with some of the most inspiring, powerful leaders in the industry. Um, and I'm super pumped about this. I'm hosting a mastermind dinner with leaders from the industry. And let me just list off some of these names. This is called the Greatness Influencer Dinner. People like Jim Quick, Adam Braun, New York Times bestselling author, Ryan Blair, CEO of a multiple $100 million companies, Shalene Johnson, who is a, a powerhouse, one of the top fitness instructors in the world, Ramit Sethi, Mastin Kip from The Daily Love, Matthew Hussey, Tom Bilyeu, CEO of Quest Nutrition, Stacey London from The View, Drew Canoli from FitLife TV, Rob Bell, who has been on Oprah a number of times, one of the top spiritual leaders, and many, many more. If you want to have dinner with all of us one night, then make sure to check out greatnessbook.com slash bonus with a capital B. You're going to see all these bonuses of how you can have uh, day-long training sessions with me, how you can get uh, a retreat with me and my team, how you can get uh, speaking gigs from me, all these different things when you buy multiple books. Go to greatnessbook.com slash bonus with a capital B and check out all the goodies. The events page and the bonus page. We'll have it all linked up in the show notes as well at lewishouse.com slash 239. And one more thing. I want to give a quick shout out and thank you to our sponsor, 
onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T.com. If you guys are, are busy and you're hustling and you're growing your business and you've got a dream, if you've got a passion and you want to stay focused and healthy at the same time, then make sure to check out onnit.com. They've got some of the best fitness foods, supplements to enhance your mental and physical performance, and I'm using some of their stuff on a daily basis. I love the hemp force for my smoothies. I love the immune tech when I'm busy traveling and I want to make sure my immunity is on check and I've got everything under control. Uh, Alpha brain when I want to stay focused throughout the day. So make sure to check out onit.com and you can use the checkout code greatness to get 10% off on all supplements. They've been a huge supporter of mine and this podcast from early on. And uh, they're an incredible partner of mine. So make sure to check out onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T.com. And get yourself upgraded. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. He is an incredible human being. His name is John C. Maxwell. He's a number one New York Times bestselling author, coach, and speaker who has sold more than 25 million books in 50 languages. And in 2014, he was identified as the number one leader in business by the American Management Association, and the most influential leadership expert in the world by Business Insider and Inc. Magazine. He's also been voted the top leadership professional in the world on leadershipgurus.net for six consecutive years. He's trained more than 5 million leaders. In 2015, he reached the milestone of having trained leaders from every country in the world. He is the recipient of the Mother Teresa Prize for Global Peace and Leadership from the Luminary Leadership Network, and he speaks each year to Fortune 500 companies, presidents of nations, and many of the world's top business leaders. Five big things you're going to learn from this episode today. The power of compounded consistency to create greatness in your life. Why you're never good the first time you try something. John's secrets to selling 25 million books what moment in his adult life he had the most uncertainty for him, and the power of knowing your purpose to get through adversity. There's a lot covered in this. I feel like John really opened up big time in this interview, and I think you're going to really connect and appreciate how he shared and what he shared. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in this episode with the one, the only, John Maxwell. Welcome, everyone, back to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about our guest today. He is a legend in the leadership space and the author world and the uh, coaching world and, and a living a better life world. His name is John Maxwell, and thank you so much, John, for being on today. Hey, it's my joy, though. So good to be with you. I'm looking forward to our time together. Yeah. I, you know, I've heard about you for a while now. Obviously, you're, uh, you've are you got a big name. You speak all over the world. You're helping Fortune 500 companies. You're helping people all over the place. You're in every bookstore, you know, anywhere you go traveling, you're in the, the airports. So it's uh, it's great to connect because I've always wondered who the man is behind all these books and all the messages. So I'm excited I'm, about this. I'm delighted. Let's, <laughs> let's get acquainted. I've, I've been, hey, I've wanted to meet you too. So awesome. Uh, awesome. Let's, let's take advantage of, let's take advantage <laughs> of this time and meet each other and know each other a little bit better and help some people. What do you say? I'm in. And I'm curious, John, did you, uh, because I don't know too much about your backstory when you were a kid growing up. I'm curious, did you play a bunch of sports when you grew up by any chance? Yeah, I played ball. I sure did. I uh, I played mainly basketball. Uh, got injured. I, I loved football probably a little bit more, but I got hurt. So I stuck with uh, 
basketball and played it in high school, played it in uh, college, and just loved the game. And uh, you know, played it until one day, my, one day the ball came to me, and, and and my mind said fake left and dribble right, and my body said who me, and I realized that that was the day I kind of give it up. So, okay. <laughs> but I, I loved. I I loved sports then to play, and I love you know I enjoy it now. In fact, every once in a while I get a do some fun things. I, I, you know, I've done the Indianapolis 500, the Super Bowl, wow. the All-Star Games. So I, I do some things once in a while. My time doesn't allow me much, but, but I still do enjoy sports a lot. What's, uh, it, what's the one physical activity you enjoy doing the most? Do you have a workout routine or running or do you still play something or golf or what's the, what do you love doing? Well, I love the most golf. I, I love to play golf. And, um, you know, it's just a, a game you never can you can never conquer it, and if you think you have got it down, the next time you go out, you get humbled. And uh, <laughs> I guess I love it because I love the game of golf because it's a management thing. You've got to learn how to manage your game. You've got to manage the course. It's a mental game, and it really, if you, if you make a bad shot, you can't say you know because somebody say, "Well, you threw me a bad pass." I mean, you know, it's the, the club's in your hands, and uh, and it, it, it takes a lot of concentration and focus, which is good for me. I, I like to it gets me away from you know, the stuff I've got to handle, but so I love golf off the most. I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't get to play a lot, but, but I get to play some wonderful places. I've got to play at Augusta several times and I wow. play, I play the, uh, play the AT&T program every year out in Pebble. So that's, that's really, in fact, two years ago, I made the cut on that one. So wow, that's all the fun. Then I, I, um, but every day I try to swim and, and, uh, and, and work out a little bit with weights. So, you know, I do, I do that in a moderate way, but I love golf. Well, that's great. And I'm curious, you know, from your, your basketball playing days and football playing days and now golf, what would you say are the top two or three biggest things you've learned about yourself over the years from playing these sports? The biggest lessons you've learned that really opened you up to something new? Well, in team sports, uh, what I learned very quickly was that uh, the more I add value to the other players on the team, uh, the more valuable I became. And so it was, it was a lot about, uh, you know, just, you know, if you're on a team, you're, you're there to make everybody else better too. And, uh, and then I, we, I had a coach who was a great coach and in basketball and, and he basically would put the starting five, the first scrimmage of the year, he would take, we who of uh, us that were on the starting five and he would, he would give us a different position than what we regularly played. And then he'd take the second team and let them play in their position. Mm. And I, he'd always put me under. He'd always put me under the basket with a six. I'd be guarding six <laughs> nine. You know, so you could see you know, the center is just loving every moment. Of, he didn't have to jump to score me. So and 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 so we'd we'd play to twenty and we'd lose like twenty to twelve. And, and then he'd sit us down and he'd say, no matter how good you are, if you're out of position, people that are less than you will always win. Wow. And uh, it was a phenomenal lesson on just knowing your place and finding your your niche in life and uh, that whole deal. So, you know, team sports were, were great in, in, in that area. When you get to an individual sport like, like golf, it, it's just the fact that um, you have to constantly uh, work for the game. I mean, mm. and, and that's my big challenge today is I don't have that kind of time. And <laughs> so I've tried a couple of times to get down in the eights or nine single digits and, and it just it takes it's too tough. much of my time there's a lot yeah it's, here's what's interesting here's what's interesting in golf and what i've learned is in golf if you want to be a 12 handicapper and you have some talent you play the game a little bit you really don't have to practice much and you can just go out and do that 
But you want to become a, you want to drop that three strokes, four strokes max. You've got to get 20 hours a week to do that. At least. And, uh, and, and it just shows you that uh, the, the effort you have to put in between good and excellent. It's, it's and, another uh, level. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of people really lose settle for good because the, there's just too much of a price to pay for excellent. Yeah. Yet you and I both know that if you can get in the top 10% of anything in life, uh, life gets good for you. I mean, almost everybody that excels, excels because they do something they do really well and they do it uh, in, in the top 90% uh, yeah. tile. So, so, so they get the return out of it. So anyway, I think, I think sports just has a lot to teach anybody about life. And, hey, you win. In fact, I just did a book a, you know, a year ago called Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. And that's, that was basically mm. the whole issue that, you know, you don't, you don't win all the time. But when you lose, the question is not did you lose. The, the only question you have to ask yourself is what did I learn from that loss? And if you learn from the loss, you, you have less losses. And if you don't learn from the loss, you just keep losing. And I know some people that they just, you know, they, it's kind of like a spiritual gift in their life. They just keep losing all the time. And, 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 and you can tell, you can just tell they haven't, you know, I haven't sat back and, and not not only learned, but haven't changed the, what they need to change to right. improve themselves. But in golf, can you actually? Is it just constant learning then? Because you could never win. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 it, the, what makes golf difficult is even when you mentally understand the game, uh, physically to repeat the the same rhythm and uh, and under different conditions, it's it's just. It's a very difficult thing. That's why. That's why if you even look on the best of golfers, the pro golf tour, very seldom will you ever see a pro golfer win three matches mm-hmm. in a row. Which, yeah. You know, and, and why? It's because it's just impossible. In fact, when I played the pro am the last time, Lewis, uh, it was very interesting. Uh, the, the pros were. I was playing with pros, and, and they said the reason they have a four-day tournament is if you only have a one-day tournament, every pro that enters can win. Mm. But if they have, if the, if the tournament goes two days, half of them are eliminated. If right. you go three days, uh, uh, three fourths are eliminated. And, Why and, is that? It's a phenomenon. Well, it's because they can't consistently put four rounds. Not every golfer can. You know, it takes just a, a very very good golfer to put four great rounds together. Yeah. And uh, and so they play four rounds to eliminate the guy that would get lucky one day. Mm. And I thought, I thought, isn't that the way life is? I, you know, everybody wants to have one day where they get lucky and hope that lasts the rest of their life. And yet, life's not that way. Life won't allow that. Life doesn't let you get lucky and live off of lucky. Mm. Uh, they say, "No, no, you got to go out and do it again tomorrow." And uh, I'm 68 now. Lewis. Wow. One of the things I, I just come, I just, I just realized, you know, in the last couple of years that that if you are consistent, uh, continually consistent, just good, just you know, every day you you get up and you hit the ball and you you just do it consistent. Um, that there's a there's an amazing compounding of with consistency, and uh, you know when people talk about you know well they're consistent. <laughs> Sometimes that's not even like a like a you know compliment. You think well yeah, can't you say something better than that I'm consistent? But what <laughs> I, what I've learned at 68 is consistent really is good. It's very good, and and uh, if you if you every day you make every day a masterpiece and you do that you know. Week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. There comes a day when all of a sudden there is, and I'm, I'm there. I'm there in my life. There's a con- compounding yeah. of consistency that will blow you away. I, and, I imagine. Uh, you know, too, too many times we want magic and we want instant. And, 
And yeah. we want microwaves. We want all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. You, you you sold you've sold twenty five million books. I'm assuming that's the stat I have. And I would bet that you didn't do that in your first book in the first week of launch. It's taken probably thirty years or more yeah. to make that happen, right? Oh my gosh, yes. My first book, <laughs> you, know, you know, my mother bought ten copies, and that was about as good as it got. <laughs> in fact, I have another teaching, Lewis, and that is that you're never good the first time. Oh, that's true. And, uh, you know, when people say, you know, well, I, I've never spoken before, so I really want to work hard on this speech, and so I do a good job. And I always smile and say, well, don't work so hard then, because you're not going to do any good. <laughs> you, you, you know, you, 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 no, nobody's good the first time. We, 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 you know, we didn't start talking fluently. We didn't start walking. You know, we'd get up one day and say, hey, I'll walk a mile, and you have to take a step. You, the whole process of starting, the first time you do anything isn't to do it well, it's to, to do it so that you can try it again, to do it a little bit better than you did the last time to yeah. constantly improve. And uh, so, yeah, no, no, my, my first book, it, it's still in print. I can't even believe that. But when, well, how old are still, you? In fact, the lady brought it the other day, and she and, and she had to be, she said, I love this book. I looked at it, I said, oh my gosh, that's my first <laughs> book. <laughs> and I said, you lied? Yeah, it's kind of a shocker. And she said, yes. I said, well, what do you love about it? She said, oh, I love the, she said, I love the short chapters. <laughs> <laughs> How and I have it's only it's only a hundred pages and it has like thirty chapters. It's like <laughs> you know it's three pages of you know chapter. And she said, "What well, you know? That was such a neat idea. Where did you ever think of a you know three page chapters?" I said, "Lady, it's my first book. I ran out of gas after three pages. You know, I, shoot, some of them are two pages too long. You know, but I, but you know so." So, but no, you know, 25 million, and that's what people they all say. Well, what's the secret of selling 25 books? And the secret is that. You, you, you got to do two things. You got to keep writing and, 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 you know, write something people want to buy. But secondly, you got to live long enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you know, it takes a while to sell 25 million books. It's <laughs> a lot uh, of people. You know, so, you know, that means I'm an old man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got a lot of, a lot of great lessons to still share. So, uh, I'm curious, how old were you for that first book when it came out? Well, I wrote it in see, see, seventy nine, forty seven. I was, uh, I was uh, thirty two. Wow, 32 that's how old I am, and my book is coming out in a couple weeks as well. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that, that, that's a. I'm, that's I'm an betting. Opener. I am betting. I'm betting a hundred dollars right now that your first book is better than mine. I guarantee you. And since I know how bad my first book is, just send me the hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If and, the, and congratulations! I, you're going to love it when you're when it when you hold it the first time. When, when somebody gives you your book that you wrote and you hold it, you know I've written eighty some books now. I don't wow, with eighty plus. But but here's what I know: every time I get a whenever somebody hands me my book, that I see it for the first time. I've never lost the thrill of it. I, I, I really haven't. I just I, I say, oh my gosh, I worked hard for this. Wow. And and, and now it's going to go help people. And um, yeah, I. I'm still, I'm still uh, kind of like a, I'm kind of like a teenager. I'm still a kid when it comes to, you know, you got your, got your book out, and it doesn't get, it's never gotten old to me. So like, eighty three doesn't, isn't like a lot less than the first one. It's just like wow. when I, when I got my, you know, my new book Intentional Living just came out yesterday. But I mean, when when I held it, a, you know, about ten days ago in my hands for the first time, I just, I just looked at it and, you know, felt it and opened up the pages and read a little bit and. And, uh, you know, and it's just, it's very special to me. So mm. anyway, that's and that's the way it'll be with your book right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious, you know, you've had a lot of experience and you've had a lot of lessons. You've met a ton of people. You've probably 
had to reinvent yourself from teenage years to college and beyond and everything you've done. Um, I'm curious, what was the moment in your life, let's say after 16, what had that had the most uncertainty for you where you didn't understand what was happening? Uh, maybe there was an extreme adversity where you were confused about and you really had no clue what was in store or why it was happening. I'm curious, what was that uncertainty point for you? And what did you learn about that? Well, it would, be, it would have been in my early 20s. Um, so I started off my career as a pastor, okay? Yep. And and, and so I was in, in my first church, and I was kind of finishing up my first year, and I just fell out of place. And I thought, I, I, guess, I, said, I guess I missed my call. Like, this isn't, you know, because I, you know, I really didn't want to just go visit people all the time. I wanted to grow something. I wanted to build something. Mm-hmm. I wanted to develop something. And, and they kind of wanted me to be a shepherd, and I felt more like a rancher. You know, and and, uh, and and I read a book. I read a book called Spiritual Leadership by um, Oswald Sanders. Basically, that book said um, that you could uh, have be a person of faith and yet be a, a great leader. And that just lit my fire. I, I just said, "Oh my gosh! I, I, okay, I, I'm going to continue pastoring, but I'm going to be a, a, a pastor who leads." And uh, and and so I've always been a leader from that point on. I've whatever occupation I've been in, I, I, I'm a leader. And it was kind of like permission. And I, I grew up in a, an organization that didn't have good leaders and had a kind of a scarcity mindset. So I was really kind of lost and in, in kind of just saying, wow, I don't think this is where I should be. And kind of second guessing myself, read that book, never second guess myself again. So I, I'm a leader at first. But what I do is, I, so people say, what do you do? I lead. Now I have to, you know, for 25 years, I have to be a pastor and you know, now I have five companies. I'm a business person, but but I'm a leader. I, I'm still a leader. That's what I do. I lead, mm-hmm. and it just kind of it gave me my purpose or my why, uh, why I'm here. And uh, and, and so as I got that, uh, then you know you still go through adversity. But the difference is when you go through adversity and you don't know your purpose, then you get tossed around a lot. Mm-hmm. When you go through adversity, and you know your purpose. Uh, you feel the winds and you you can feel the heat the whole process, but you, you don't get tossed. You you know who you are. You know what you're supposed to do. Right, right. I'm curious. You know, 25 million books. You speak to hundreds of thousands of people all the time, all over the world. You've been doing it for decades. How do you stay humble and grounded to your mission and your vision without letting things, you know? get too big in your head or abuse things uh, with, you know, the people that really love and support you and feel this deep impact from your message and your work. How do you stay grounded? Well, first of all, um, I know me (laughs) and I'm not that good. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I, so, you know, (laughs) I have a saying, you know, you might as well laugh yourself because everyone else is. (laughs) And, uh, so I, I, I've never taken myself seriously. Um, I take uh, my calling very serious, but I'm human and I mess up and I know that. And uh, I don't think anybody wants a perfect leader. I think they want an authentic one though. And uh, so I came to grips very early that um, that I was going to have a lot of misses because I'm going to take a lot of risk. And, and I had to be able to get back up quick and had to be able to say I was sorry and had to be able to look at myself or look at others and say, missed that one. Yeah. And uh, I keep people around me that are that way. Uh, we don't, we're not position conscious, title conscious, money conscious. Uh, my mentor, 
that really got me writing books. I, I asked his name was Les Perry. I asked him one day before I ever wrote. I said, what, "Why do you write books?" And he said, "I want to, I want to influence and add value to people that I'll never see or know." Hmm. And that lit a fire within me. And, and I, I became a writer not because I had a desire to write. I, I became a writer because I had a desire to influence people I'd never see or know. And and then the other word about ice is is you know don't write books to make money because <laughs> he said you won't. And, and and so I never did. And I don't today. I. I've made a lot of money. Obviously, you can't sell twenty-five million. <laughs> but that, you know, just do the math. But yeah. but that isn't the point. The, the the point is, I'm still writing books because I just love adding value to people. And uh, you know, I've written eighty plus books, Lewis, but uh, this book, Intentional Living, that is coming out right now, is the most important book I've ever written. And I, I've known that for the last three years as mm-hmm. I've been kind of working off of the book. Uh, that this is, um, you know, to to a certain extent, this is kind of like a legacy mm-hmm. uh, because it's. It, it, I love this book for a lot of reasons. I love this book because um, it's within reach of every person. It's a book on significance and and how do you how do you make your life count? How how do how do you get to the place where your life really matters? And I think everybody wants that. I think every person that is following you, Lewis, they they want to they want to make their life count. Yeah. And yet I think most people are not sure how to do that. And when they think of significance, I think they're intimidated because they think, oh my gosh, that's, that's way out there. I'm, you know, I'm not old enough, smart enough, wise enough, don't have enough money, don't have enough influence. But someday I hope to do something that would be major significant. And the whole book is about the fact that you can be significant today. And when the reader reads this book, that's what they're going to see. I mean, I, I, if, if they're 36 or if they're 16, doesn't matter if they're 86. Uh, I, I have a whole chapter in the book on, on start small, believe big, and and it's just all about the fact that you have to be intentional. It's impossible to be significant consistently without first of all being intentional. So, you know, most people I know they have good intentions. I mean, they really do. They're good people. They have good intentions. They want they want their life to matter, but they don't understand that good intentions has never done anything for anybody. I mean, there, there's never person that's ever been successful and you ask them why were they successful and say, well you know i've just had a life full of good intentions <laughs> uh, you know good intentions are nothing it, it's got to become good actions and mm-hmm. the bridge between good intentions you know and the, and, and the good actions is is intentional you got to be intentional you got to you got to say okay I, i'm going to do this i'm going to do this on purpose mm-hmm. and i love the book because um it, it's a book for people who really want to uh, just uh add value to others because that's that's who I am and when people just say you know John who are you I, I'm a person that every day lives to add value to people I'm, I'm loving being on your show for one reason Lewis is I hope I'm adding value to you I hope oh, yeah. I'm adding value to the people that you know and, and so I got up today and I thought about you I'm in New York I'm doing a media tour and I thought about everybody I was doing media with today and I just asked myself how you know how can I help them and uh, you know intentional living this this book you know, most most people don't live in most, most people don't lead their life; they accept their life. Mm. We say that, and, again? and because they, most people don't lead their life; they accept their life. Huh. And 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 if you lead your life, you're intentional. If you accept your life, you're letting someone else uh, determine your life for you. And, and yet, ninety nine percent of people get up every day and they say, "Well, I hope something good happens to me. I hope something wonderful mm. is good." You know, and, and, but but they're they're not intentional. And uh, so so I wrote the book to say, okay. Here's what's beautiful. Every person can be intentional. And here's what I mean by that. If somebody said, John, I want to be, I really want to be successful. I want to be significant in my life. And I really want to, I really want to make my life matter. 
what do I need? What, what's the quickest, easiest way to do that? I would, I would just look at it and say, you have to become intentional. And what, is it, what does it mean for you to become intentional? But it means that I do this on purpose. I, I, I choose to take action on what I already feel and know. You see, the, the greatest gap in life is the gap between knowing and doing. Most people don't lack knowledge of success that keeps them from success. They just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And intentional living means I take my good intentions and I act them out. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and it, the, the word intentional means it means um, it means deliberate. It means consistent. It means willful. Mm-hmm. I mean, deliberate means I do this on purpose. Consistent means I do it on purpose all the time. Willful means it's a choice I have made for myself. I've willed this. And uh, in the book, I talk about this is how this is how you live an intentional life, and this is how you begin to add value to people. Uh, you know, let me tell you a story, and this is probably the most important thing I want to share because this is what happened to me, is why I wrote the book, and what I want to happen to the readers of this book. I I was in my twenties, and um, my assistant, she's my secretary, but. She, for Christmas, she gave me a book, and I unwrapped the book, and, and the title was The Greatest Story Ever Told. And I love to read, and I said, I said boy, thank you. Oh, this is going to be a great book. I mean, my gosh, The Greatest Story Ever Told. Are you kidding me? And I, I mean, before I even opened the book up, I'm already thinking, what's The Greatest Story Ever Told? <laughs> and, and, you know, here we go. And, and I opened the book, and much to my surprise, the pages are blank. <laughs> and Eileen Beaver's up in the up in the corner of that, of that first blank page wrote these words, John, your life is before you. Fill these pages. Kind deeds, matters of your heart, things that matter. Live a life of significance. And I'm telling you, Lewis, I said, okay, I got this. I, I, I'm not going to read my life. I'm going to write my life. I'm, mm. I, I'm not going to be passive about this. I'm not going to, well, I'm not going to let somebody else write my story. I'm going to write my own story. And I literally took that book with the blank pages and I started writing just thoughts that I had. And, 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 and it wasn't my first book, but it was really my, it was, it was when I began to say, I'm going to become the author of my life. That totally changed me. It, it, that day I woke up and I, I, I said to myself, my life is going to be recorded. That is the question. The question is, am I going to control that life? Am I going to be intentional with that life so that it really matters? Am I going to make every day my masterpiece? So when I wrote this book, Intentional Living, I started off in the first chapter. I talk about everybody has a story. You have a story, Lewis. I have a story. Everybody has a story. That's not the question. Do you have a story? The question is, is it the story that you really want for your life? Mm. If it's, it, 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 the only way it's going to be the story you really want for your life is you're going to have to write it. You can't let somebody else write this story. And so... I challenge people throughout the book, go begin doing acts of significance and significance is about others. So be intentional, do something intentionally every day for others. And, and then tell me what happened. And so this book is the, it's like a, a, the beginning of a movement for me. I believe, I believe, I believe I'm going to start a significance movement. And, uh, you know, mass movements don't begin with the mass, they begin with a few people. And, and, and the people that read this book, they're, they're going to begin to be the part of the, the few people that begin, I think, a significance movement, which basically says, I, I'm saying, read the book and then tell me your story. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm believing and hoping and planning that in uh, two years, within two years, I'll have a million stories. Wow. And uh, I, 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 want, I, want, I would like to start a chicken soup of the soul for significance. Wow. And, 
And, and so I'm, I'm saying to the reader, tell me your story. Come on. And, and, and tell me the story now. Just what, what, did you, what did you do intentionally for people? And, and so a lot of times people say, okay, I'm not sure how to do this. So for all, of, for all those that follow you, Lewis, I, I want them to go online to startsevenday.com. Yeah, startsevenday.com. Okay. I want them to start right there. And in seven days, I do a video every day for about three minutes, of which I give them an idea. I give them a suggestion of how to get started and, and, and make that day significant. I, I just had a mother who had two children. She said, John, we started day one. And, and I sat down with my children. I think one was like 16, one was maybe 12. And, and she said, we, we watched this three-minute video. And then we stopped and we said, okay, what are we going to do, the three of us? What are we going to do as a family today that's significant, that we can do, that's simple, that can add value to people? And she said, we did that. And the next day we did, did another. And so it's, and the reason seven days is I want to get people practicing intentional acts of significance. And, 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 and I don't, I'm not asking for all 24 hours. I'm just asking, can you give me, can you give me four or five minutes a day to mm-hmm. I give you the idea? And then can you maybe take 10 or 15 minutes and go do this as act? And, and the, the start seven day.com is just a, a way to get people started. It's, and it gets a free resource. And I, I, I'm believing in the next, in the next couple of months, there'll be literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people get going on this. Now, once they start this and they get in this routine with me, obviously, I, you know, behind that is a, is a 30 day journey. And, and it, it, that includes a book and it, it becomes pretty awesome because 30 mm-hmm. days it takes to get a habit. But, but here's what I want. When, when they start reading the book and they go with me through the 30 day journey, I, I want them to start. I say, okay, now give me your story. Get that story out for me. I, I want to, you know, Hey, to me, I'm going to gauge the success of this book on one thing. How many stories of significance did mm-hmm. I get? Because think about it. If I can get, and I think I can, I think in a two or three months by Christmas time, if I can get a couple hundred thousand people doing something intentionally every day to add value to other people, this is going to be a good <laughs> It's going to be a great thing. You know doing. Yeah, it really is. So I'm very excited. And so <laughs> the book is just kind of like my catalytic thing that I put out there to teach people how to live intentionally so that they'll become intentional and they'll go out and practice it off of it might go starting with uh, you know start seven day.com and then and then they'll tell me their story and 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 so when i get the story it's kind of like touchdown so i told my companies and my teams everybody i mean i've got a i mean i've got a coaching company with eight thousand coaches in 120 wow. countries of the world I've, I've told all my coaches i mean they're they're ready i mean they're they're, they're literally getting the word out right now as mm. i talk and, and I, i've told them all well, we gotta have stories of significance so i want everyone that gets the book intentional living to start reading it Go practice it, and then send me a story. I love that. And where should they send the story? Well, I'm sending the story as far as where to go. Even as far as once they get the story written. Yeah, where do they? Okay, send what it happens is once or? they get yeah once they start uh, a seven day when they go to start dot right on that link it'll tell them where to send the story. Gotcha. Okay, cool, awesome. Yeah, we'll make sure that's where it's a you know we'll, we'll guide them. Hey, we're not going to miss that one because we want the story. <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure to have all that linked up here as well on the show notes. Thank um, you, my friend. One Thank of the th- yeah, yeah, of course. I want to make sure we get a lot of people doing that. And uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, my book. This we're talking about your book, but my book uh, has eight principles of greatness from all the in- individuals I've interviewed, like yourself, on all walks of life, from Olympic gold medalist to doctors and scientists to spiritual leaders to you know number one New York Times bestselling authors to billionaires. I've had them all on. I'm sure you've met 
many, many more of these people than I have. But uh, the final chapter that I talk about in my book, the final principle of greatness is to live a life of service. Because for me, everything that I've done from playing, you know, sports at a high level to building businesses and the people I've interviewed, they, the ones who really make it to the top and sustain it, they come from such a deep place of service and giving back. And they all say that's the reason why they've been able to sustain their momentum. And I think it really speaks into what you're talking about is this intentional living where you're living a life of significance. If we're not living a life of significance for others and it's only for ourselves, I feel like that's going to burn out very quickly. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, I t- totally. In fact, I'm, you're, I'm just getting so excited about your book. <laughs> Lewis, would you do me a favor? When yes, it, I know it doesn't come out yet for like a couple of weeks or whatever, but when it comes out, will you sign one and send it to me? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll get your information after I, I, this. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I love that because it, it, here's what I found about your last chapter on service. Let me tell you something. Success. I was I, I Tony George, who owned the Indianapolis 500, and he'd have me come up and I'd talk to the drivers on race day, the owners. And we we went to a suite one race day, you know, to have lunch before the the race. And he said, "John, what's the difference between success and significance?" And I said, "Well, I said Tony, success is usually about me." You know, I'm, I'm trying to get a career going. I'm trying to make some money, try to get an aim and establish success is about me, but significance is always about others. Mm-hmm. And see, that's exactly what you're saying in the last chapter of your book. And, and, and what I learned a long time ago is selfishness and significance are incompatible. They just aren't. You, 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 you can't show me a selfish person that does significant acts on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. But, but, but once we understand that when we add value to people, once you have tasted significance, success will never satisfy you again. I mm. trust me on this. Trust me. And, and, and that's what the intentional living is all about. I'm saying, just taste this. You know, get on the start7day.com with me and just taste significance for a few days and, and you'll never be satisfied with success. And that's exactly what you're saying, Lewis, mm. on, on, on your book. And I, I could not agree more. So I'm, I'm really excited. I see, see this is your this you're a kid, you're a kid, <laughs> and you already have big thoughts. I didn't have those. You did, you're having these kind of thoughts at thirty and thirty one, thirty two. I I was like sixty before I had those kind of thoughts. So, that's good. Well, I've gone through a lot of adversity and a lot of pain. That's uh, helped me learn a lot of lessons, and I've been interviewing people like yourself for many years, where I learned those lessons. So it's uh, it's all from taking an action, getting results, and. You know, I, I talk about failure not as failure, but as feedback. You know, when I didn't achieve what I wanted to in sports or in my business and I felt like I failed, I was really just started looking at it as like, well, this is just information telling me what's working and what's not working. And when I started shifting that, I didn't feel like a failure. I just said, cool, this is just part of the process. I think you talk a lot. You talk about that as well, right? No, when you, when you fail, you do one of two things. Everybody does. You either learn from the failure, which is your feedback stuff. Yeah. Or you leave your failure. That's oh, what yeah. you try to get away from. Actually, you deny it. And if, and what if you leave your failure, your failure finds you and comes again to you. Mm, yeah. And uh, you know, so you got to learn. You got to learn. And, and when you learn, then you build off of it. Yeah. You're, you're right off. Totally right off. I want to ask you a couple questions. One about relationships, because you're you've got a big platform. You've got big dreams. You're, you're still going hard and strong. And I, it's, it sounds like you're just scratching the surface with what you're creating in your life. Even after the decades you've been impacting the world. I'm curious, how does someone 
a man with a, a big vision to change the world, to inspire millions and millions of people. How does someone like that also have a very intimate, loving relationship, a marriage that um, that person feels like they're getting what they need as well and where it works for both of them um, to move forward to achieve both their goals? Well, it's a constant challenge, first of all. You know, when, I love it when people ask me how to balance their life. I say it's impossible. <laughs> can't balance life. I mean, life life is not balanced. Why should you get balanced? I mean, life hits you right up, it slaps you. You know what I mean? I mean, you say, oh, I didn't see that one coming. Well, there's nothing balanced about life. How can... How can you expect to be balanced in a life that in a, in a world that's not balanced itself? And so I, I don't talk about balance. I talk about seasons of life and, yeah. and the fact that you got to know what season you're in. But when it comes to relationships, I, you know, when I was see it, eight, it would have been eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven. So when I was in my late thirties, maybe forty, I, I I came up with this definition of success, and that is success is is the fact that people that are closest to you know you the best love and respect you the most. Mm. And that will really work for you, my friend. You know, if, if the people that are the closest to me don't respect me, don't love me, uh, and I don't respect and love them. And, you know, you know, I'm in a world as you're in a world where you, it can be very superficial. You're yeah. speaking to crowds and you go to the green room and you get on the jet and you go home. <laughs> and, and so when the masses love you, but the people that are, around you don't love you or don't respect you, then there's a huge character flaw there. So I, I, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat people well. And uh, one of the challenges with, with, uh, with success and growth is that you grow past people. I mean, you, one of the hardest things for me was the fact that I've had people I really cared for, but I grew past them. I, mm-hmm. I, I just did. They didn't. And I did. And one day, our worlds were totally different. And so I just determined that... Um, and even though I might grow past some people, I would always treat them with great love and respect and, and not forget my uh, old days. Mm. And, and uh, I still, we have a little summer place up in the highlands. And so the guy that was building a little addition on our cottage up there in the mountains wanted me to speak for the little Rotary Club of Highlands, which mm-hmm. would have about 85 people there. <laughs> and, and, and I surprised his name's Ryan. I said, yeah, Ronnie, I'll do that for him. I gave him a date. And, <laughs> and they hope town was excited and, and someone spoke to him and, and I had a, a very successful friend who was up there at that time and he said John why, why should you do that my gosh you know and I looked at him and I said because I always want to remember where it came from mm. and I just I never I never want to I, I never want to I never want to get so high that my feet are still on the ground mm. and uh, so I have I have also committed to growing the people with me and so in all of our companies I mean, Mark Cole who was who got me on this call is, is I have five companies he, and he's the CEO of all five companies and he, he, he continually nurtures that culture of uh, mentoring and growth and so our people keep growing. But uh, all my key people, truly, uh, my assistant has been with me for 23 years. Charlie loves me, writes me for 20 years. You know, Mark's been with me 16 years, 17 wow. years for day. Most of my key people have been with me a long time. But you've got to to keep them with you. You've got to have people that have capacity to grow. Mm. Because what you can't do is you can't have people that you love in key positions in your companies uh, if they can't grow. Because you'll outgrow them, and then and then you're starting to carry them, and that's not a good thing for anybody. What about you know? It sounds like 
you know, you talk about in the book abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. And is it trying, is it making sure that you find people who have that abundance mindset already, whether it be your partner in an intimate relationship um, and people on your team, do they need to have that? And how do you know that they have it? Well, yeah, my whole thing is that you don't have to have the same vision that I have, but you do have to have the same values. Mm. And uh, I can always, I can always form the vision so that you and I can both buy into it. But values—that's that's who you are, that's your DNA. And so, you know, when when we—I don't do any hiring at all. I've done it for years, but but I, again, for my, for Mark and the presence of my organizations and stuff, they just understand that you know we got about. We have a what we call a John Maxwell DNA. Hmm. And what what are your core values? And, would you say? Well, you know, we, uh, you know, adding value to people, uh, exceeding expectations, uh, finishing well. But, you know, we have uh, I don't know, probably eight or nine of them that, that we really press. In fact, when I with, in our coaching company. Uh, Every six months, I we bring in new coaches. We had my gosh, what fifteen hundred, I think, uh, wow. in Orlando, and we took those fifteen hundred and, and and I do a thing called the DNA. Uh, I do a, usually a two and a half, three hour teaching to the coaches. I said, now this is who we are. This is this is us. And uh, you got different personalities. And all, I love diversity, but this is who we are. Mm-hmm. And when I get done teaching this, if this isn't either who you are or who you're very quickly wanting to become, then, hey, we'll give you your money back and you need to, you know, go find somebody that you're more compatible with because right. uh, we, we don't, we don't budge on values. This, this is, this is us. Mm. And, uh, and I think, I think that's very essential because then uh, if you're, if you are with like valued people, uh, 90% of the, uh, the battles you have to do in building a company will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. It's almost always a values issue when you have when you have problems in a company. Sure, I'm curious with all the amazing things you and your company and your team has done. What's something you're really proud of over your life that most people don't know about you? Oh my gosh, um, I think I'm I, I, well. I, I'm proud that you know, I'm proud that I haven't uh, uh, I haven't lived off of my uh, reputation. Because um, I could, yeah. Uh, I, when I in, in the first six months of pastoring, I realized that I was I was a good communicator, and I also realized that I could wing it, and and people would really think I was good. Yeah. And so I had this kind of this dilemma for a few months: Am I going to wing it, or am I going to work on every message? I mean, am I going you know, am I going to get two thoughts and get up and just thrill everybody, or am I going to truly build something? And, and I determined to work on every message I preached and and not take shortcuts and I've never taken shortcuts. I, I don't take shortcuts today. Mm. And uh I, I you know, I, I've been blessed and had a lot of wonderful honors, but uh to be honest with you, you know, I, I thank the people and give them the lender to stick in somewhere out somewhere and <laughs> I go right back to doing what's made me you know, people who get successful fall out quickly when they stop doing what got them there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so I, I'm, I'm in love with the journey I'm much more than I am with the rewards or the honors or the, yeah. you know, that whole process that has never done a lot for me. It's, you know, it's, it's nice, but it's not, I've never lived for that. Sure. So I'm growth oriented. 
I'm growth oriented, not goal oriented. Mm, that's great. And, uh, if you're goal oriented, you hit the goal and then you celebrate. You get useless for three months. But if you're growth oriented, <laughs> you hit the goals, but you keep on growing the rest because you know, you know your growth. Your, your goal wasn't the goal. The goal was to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a little different. That's a whole different mindset. I love that. What is the what's the non-negotiables for you every single day? The habits or the rituals or the routines that you follow in the morning to set you up for success for the day or at night before you go to bed, is there a specific routine that you need to follow or when you follow, you see that you get better results? Yeah, I, I basically, uh, every morning, uh, do three things. I declare my love to God. I, uh, every day, uh, ask him to, uh, help me to add value to people. And then, uh, every day I, I, I try to give everybody my best. Um, because I, I think that what I do may not be great, but it has to be my best. Hmm. If, if it's not great, it's because I'm not gifted or I'm not talented enough. And so I, I, can't, I can't always be great. Yeah. But I really can. I, I can't I can give a person 100% and look them in the eye and say, I gave you my best shot. Hmm. So at the evening, I just go back out and check in my relationship with God and, and uh, you know, look and say, did I add value to people today and check that one off and that whole process and, you know, did I make this day my masterpiece or did I, did I kind of take some shortcuts here? Mm. And if I go, yes, 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 in the day, I go to bed. Right. That's great. A <laughs> uh, couple final questions for you. If, um, first on, first one is, what are you most grateful for in your life recently? Oh, oh, what I'm most grateful for is, is recently is um, the people I have around me. Mm. Uh, uh, this, this book, Intentional Living, I mean, the technology that has gone in to get the get get it up so that people can um, you know go online and do all this stuff—it's way beyond my gifts and my talents. And hmm. I, I just have dozens and dozens, truthfully, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that every day work hard to help me, and uh, that's very humbling. And and uh, I don't deserve that, but I'm grateful for that. Hmm. So uh, you know. My greatest joy today isn't what I accomplish. It's really my greatest joy is what the people around me that, that I've mentored and poured into what they accomplish. And what I found is that what they accomplish is they make me better. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like as I'm making them better, it just comes back to me tenfold. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a great time. I'm in a great time <laughs> because, uh, you know, I've got all these people that literally live, literally live mm-hmm. to make my life a great life. Amazing. And the least I can do to them, the least I can do for them is to give them everything I got. I love that. And and how do you, I'm assuming there are days where you might have some off moments or some breakdowns, um, or you just may not be at your best. And because you, like you said earlier, you're a human being and sometimes you're not at your best. What, how do you handle a breakdown or if there's a moment of, you know, uncertainty or waveringness, how do you handle that and how do you suggest other people listening handle their breakdowns? What I'm about to tell you, you've never read, but it's true. A person that wants to be 100% all day, every day, will break down. (laughs) Because humanly, we're not geared for that. We can't do that. We don't have that kind of capacity. And so, we're a little delusional when I say, okay, I'm going to, every, 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 every hour, every, every minute, I'm going to make it all. Yeah. All right, I cool. Hours and 
times when nothing's counting much. So, so first of all, it's it's a mindset of, of of how do I approach my day. So when I look at my day, I ask myself, okay, where do I have to be at 100%? I've got to be 100% right now, Lewis. I, yeah. you, you don't want me on if I'm going to give you 50%. You don't, no. you, you don't want to hang up with me and say, boy, John's got an off day today. So <laughs> I don't have a choice. i got to be 100%. Every time I've been with me today, i got to be 100%. Nobody understands when you have to perform and excel for them. Yeah. Nobody understands if you'll give your best. So, so, but guess what? I had lunch with uh, three of my team members today, and I, I didn't have to be 100% at lunch. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I could lay back and, you know, let them carry conversation and laugh with them and, you know, I spill my food on my lap. I don't, I don't have to be a hundred percent. Right. right. And, and, and so I pick my spots mm. and, and I think the successful people, you look at sports, you know, the clutch players, they, they made the baskets, they hit the ball, right. When it really counted. And, and, and but they didn't hit the ball every time and they didn't make every basket. Right. And so I think that what we do is we don't try to live a hundred percent. We just try to figure out where we do that hundred percent. Yeah. And then if we then we give ourselves permission to be a little bit of a screw up or you know what I mean and whatever and, and we and when we we just kind of laugh and well I'm sure glad that wasn't my hundred percent time because I was you know, about twenty two percent there yeah and uh, you know and, and, and that's so I, I live so I really don't have and I got to be very careful because this would not this may not sound right unless I put it in the context I've tried to put it in I really don't have meltdowns right now sure. Um, but but it's because every day I allow myself to do stupid things, and and every day I, I and every day I forgive myself. I, I mm. say, okay, John, you know, you're human, and you didn't do very well there. <laughs> Learn from it, grow from it, and, you know. And and I, I I'm 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 my best friend, and and I I think if you're your best friend, you do, um, you give yourself some slack. So that's great. Uh, I I think this idea of I think choosing your when you got to be good and make it sure you're good then and then mm-hmm. allowing yourself to not be 100% is really vital. That's great. I love that answer. Okay, two final questions, John. Uh, the first one is, you know, you've written, I think you said 83 books you've written with 25 million sold and spoken all over the world. Uh, if you had one final piece of paper to write down something and everything else you've ever written has been deleted, erased, uh, for some reason, it was just gone from the world. But you had one piece of paper that you could write down three simple truths about everything you've learned in life and relationships and business, about the world. And this was the only thing you got to leave behind to give to to the world was these three simple truths. What would you say they would be for you? Oh, I, I, well, the first truth that it would be because I'm a person of faith, I tell people God loves you, so love him. And uh, just experience his unconditional love because he's got a lot of it for you. Second thing I'd, I'd, I'd write down is every day I die to people. Just mm. I, I, I die to people. You, you will always be loved and you will always be uh, valued if every day you just had die to people. And the third thing I would say is, is live intentionally every day because that's the way you maximize your life. Mm. And, uh, Maybe that's why the book is so important to me because I'm, I'm, I want to get that message out. You, you, just, you, you don't need to be brilliant. Uh, you don't need to be smarter than anyone else. Uh, but you do have to be intentional. And, and if you're intentional, you're going to win. You, you, just, you just are. Because mm-hmm. most people are not intentional. So you know, you'll just win. You'll just win because you know, 
front-end thinking is 10 to 1 more important than back-end thinking. And, and front-end thinking is intentional. Back-end thinking is reactional. Mm. And just, just be intentional every day. I advise people every day and love God because he loves you. Mm. I love those truths. Thank you. Well, before I ask you the final question, John, I want to acknowledge you for a moment. I want to acknowledge you for the incredible consistency of giving and adding value to the world over the decades. It's it's such an inspiration to see an example of consistent love and intentional living. And I want to acknowledge you for not having to be perfect all the time and, and setting a, an example as a leader who isn't perfect, but is constantly giving their best to serve people to live big and to, to have a big heart. So I acknowledge you for everything you've created and, and everything this book is about to do for even more people. So thanks for all you do. And my final question is, what's your definition of greatness? That was very, your, your words of acknowledgement were very humbling. Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, thank you, Fred. I, I know this, the more you and I get together, the more we're going to be great friends. Yes, yeah. sir. You, you're 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 a beautiful person. That's very obvious that, and very gifted, very gifted. Thank so you. when you ask when you ask what my definition of greatness is, um, for me, I, I want to be bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. Mm. And uh, bigger on the inside means I, I want to I want to be a person of character. I want to be a, a person that uh, has good values. I want to I want to be a person that has made. Uh, uh, a good decision, a person of courage, a person of resolve, all that. That's all inside stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, I think, again, the danger, the real danger of people like me is to start not only living off of their reputation, but believing it. And uh, here's what I believe. I believe if I'm growing, and greater on the inside means I'm continually growing. If I'm greater on the inside, over time I'll become greater on the outside. Mm. But if I'm greater on the outside than I am on the inside, I'll sabotage myself and blow it up before it's all over. Yeah. And uh, so you know, you know, as a person thinks in their heart, so are they. And so I just, I just think that we need to work more on the inside. I think, I think I need to lead myself before I lead others. Yeah. And, and I so that that's what I, I think. Greatness starts on the inside. I love it. Well, John, uh, we'll make sure everyone goes and picks up a new a copy of your new book, Intentional Living, Choosing uh, a Life That Matters. I firmly believe in this book. I want you guys all to go pick up a copy and also the website link. Again, if you want to say it one more time for the storytelling is? Go to start7day.com. And once they start the7day.com with me, they will have the link on how to send their story. And and. I want I want a million stories, but I want your story. I want your story. So you send me yours, and, and after a million people do that, I'll have my million stories. Amazing. John, thank you so much for being here and sharing your years of wisdom and, yeah. and leadership. Thank you. Yes, yeah, my joy. Thanks, Chris. Very much. There you have it, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Had a blast connecting with John. Make sure to go to the show notes, lewishouse.com slash 239. Please share this with your friends. Please pick up a copy of John's new book. It's incredible. You want to make sure you check this out. Continue to learn and grow and educate yourself. While you're at it, pick up a copy of my book. Go to lewishouse.com slash 
book and pick up a copy right there. It'll take you right to the Amazon page. Pick up both of our books at the same time. And then tweet me at Lewis Howes with uh, a little note or receipt image that you take from a screenshot from your computer and let me know that you bought both of our books. Uh, Also, make sure to share this episode with your friends at lewishouse.com slash 239. Post it over all over online and let your friends be inspired by John as well. Big shout out to our sponsor and partner over at onit.com. Again, if you're looking to take your health, your mindset to the next level to be optimized and upgraded in life, then make sure to check out onit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T.com. They've got some of the best foods, supplements, uh, workout training gear, educational programs around to really enhance your performance mentally and physically and upgrade your life for total human optimization. You get 10% off when you use the checkout code GREATNESS. So make sure to head over there to onit.com right now and get some awesome goods for your body and your mind. I appreciate you guys so much. If you are curious about any other links, go back to the show notes, lewishouse.com slash 239 to learn more about the bonus page, to learn more about the events, and I want to see you and high-five you and hug you, so make sure to come out and RSVP, bring a few friends, tell your friends to come as well to the events I'm going to because I'm going to be traveling a lot over the next couple months, and I want to see you all come out and say hi. So thank you all so much. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a busy day and we just stocked our office fridge with international delight cold foam creamer and it never misses the team's favorite flavor so far is the caramel macchiato you just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee and voila you've got an incredible cold foam coffee no frothing fancy machines or mess required international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom the best part it works on both hot and iced coffee it comes in three foaming delicious flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom. Crop out. Yada yada. 
and bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and not a yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.